With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. fans and uh welcome back to the um well what podcast are we on the hawkeye history podcast i just prospect for this <laughs> so my brain is all jumbled but um appreciate uh you folks coming back and listening and uh as i did on the previous podcast i recorded today which will probably run later this week um echoing coach kirk ferentz's video from yesterday on social media please wash your hands Practice social distancing and cough into the crease of your elbow. If it's good enough for Kirk Ferentz, it's good enough for me and you. So please, everybody out there, be safe, and uh, we can get through, through this together. And hopefully there's a college football season uh, to watch if we do the right things. But uh, today I am happy to be joined by an old friend uh, and a fellow local Iowa Cityan, Ed Hinkle. Ed, how you doing today, man? Oh, I'm doing great. Doing great. Yeah, yeah it'd be better if we could do some more things outside here, but yeah, I hear that. I know you you've got kids, correct? Yeah, yeah, I got two two boys. They're ten and uh, ten and seven, so they're, uh, they're climbing the walls. To, yeah, been driving driving my wife and I nuts here the last week or so in the house. So yeah, we so still, yeah we. Uh, we started with some of the homeschooling yesterday. It was a little rough yesterday. Today was a little bit more smooth, but still. Um, my son is the freshman in high school, and he's kind of the class clown, and he gets my daughters going, and and my wife and I are outnumbered because there's three of them. So, <laughs> yeah, that's so we we got we're just two on two here, so we're playing man to man still. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of a lot of card games and different games and stuff we've been playing the last few weeks. So, it's been nice to just get to hang out with them, not have to run to practice and run you know baseball practice or football practice or whatever. Forever, sure. so it's been kind of nice to just stay home and uh, enjoy some family time. I remember when you were playing here at Iowa. You know, your your parents were so ingrained in this, following you on the road, and just great Hawkeye fans. I'm sure your thoughts are with them, as, as my parents are back east, and it's you know, um, you know, they're they're in that more of a, a danger area, I guess, for this virus. Have you kind of re- been reaching out to them and making sure everything's cool? Yeah, I mean, I, I talked to my mom, um, you know, back in Erie. She, uh, 
she works at the hospital, you know, in in uh, in Erie, and so she's she's kind of dealing with a lot of it, mm. being in the education department and stuff. So she's been been really dealing with with a lot of nurses and things like that, you know, being trained on new things. So um, yeah, it's been been kind of crazy. Yeah, and uh, I think everybody's kind of this is touching everybody in in one way or another, and. I like to do these podcasts as kind of and, and write Hawkeye stuff and, and I, I know it's it's a small part, but at least we can get together and maybe take people's minds off of what's going on and, and you know, serve as an escape. So I, I do appreciate you joining me on this and uh um did you ever I, I will get into more stuff here, you know, as we move along here, but did you and I've probably asked you this, did you think you would end up staying in Iowa when you committed to, to the Hawkeyes? No, I, uh, yeah, I, I never thought there was any way I'd, I'd be staying in Iowa City and kind of making this my my home forever. But um, you know, my wife is is from Oline, Iowa. I met her, um, you know, in the dorm. She was on the track team, and um, so I met her. And you know, after school, I you know got a job, and you know, we just decided to to hang around here and you know kind of make this our our home. What did you know about Iowa when they started to recruit you? Bob was here, obviously, so that probably yeah. gave you a little bit of a, you know, a win, a open the window a little bit to, to what Iowa was about. But how much did you know about Iowa before they started recruiting you? I, basically nothing. I mean, I, I lived in a kind of a, a bubble there in Erie. You know, we didn't get out of town mm-hmm. very much and um, you know, so I didn't really know much about Iowa. You know, like I said, if not nothing really about Iowa but um you know the the one thing I do I knew Brian a little bit you know through the Joe Moore connection with that's right, Coach Ferentz right. and and that so Brian came and spent um you know a week or two each summer while we were in high school out um with Coach Moore who was coaching at my high school at the time and so Brian would come to our summer workouts and things like that so I, I knew Brian a little bit um through that but that's really the only only thing i knew about iowa was his dad was the head coach so um <laughs> that was about it there had to be a, that's a unique connection though too because we all know how much coach Moore meant to to, to coach ference um to have the connection that to have played for him has to be it has to be kind of special or, or and remain that way yeah, it was you know it was kind of always that that kind of bond between you know Coach Ferentz and I. We always had that you know Joe Moore connection, and um, you know, he was uh, you know a, a special coach to to both of us, and um, you know to be able to kind of share those stories and things like that about him, things he would do at practice, and you know off the field and things like that was always always fun to talk about with Coach Ferentz. What made Coach Moore so special, you know, at least from your experience, Ed? Uh, you know, he just, I mean, he, he, he knew exactly what, I mean, he knew what he was doing. He was a very smart football guy, um, and he really paid attention to details. Um, you know, he could, he could watch, you know, one play standing behind the offense and, and know what all five guys did or did wrong or did right 
you know, whether it be, you know, their elbow or their footwork or what, whatever it might be from, from an offensive line standpoint. Um, but, and that's just, uh, you know, just the, the details is what I always kind of remember coach Moore is, you know, just the little things and, you know, um, like I said, footwork or what, you know, whatever, it was just always, always in the details. I try, I'm chuckling a little bit because that sounds so familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> exactly. You, I mean, did you did you kind of realize that right away when you got here at Iowa that 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 was that the the trait I guess that they had in common that it was about you know the details. Yeah, I mean, you, you definitely you know see parts of Coach Moore through through Coach Ferentz and um, you know their styles. There's oh, there's definitely differences as well, mm-hmm. but. Um, but yeah, you definitely see, you definitely see coach, coach more in coach Ferentz for sure. When did you have an idea? I mean, obviously we talk about, you know, Florida and California and Texas being big high school football states, but I've been in the Pennsylvania area and realized how big it is out there. And, and, you know, the, the all-star game you guys play against Ohio at the end of the year and just how big it is. Um, when did you, I mean, was, I imagine it was always the dream to play college football. When did you realize that it was a possibility? Um, you know, growing up, I, I, I wanted to play basketball. Um, <laughs> that was kind of my thing. I, I, there was a point where I almost stopped playing football to, to just play basketball, but decided against that, thankfully. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, it was probably when I realized I, you know, had a chance to, to go on to college and play football was probably my junior year in high school. Um, you know, after kind of about midway through that season and, you know, talking with some people and getting some phone calls and things like that and started really thinking, you know, I could, I could, you know, see myself doing this. And then, um, my first offer was from Iowa, um, you know, with, with coach Ferentz and um, I didn't think I'd ever end up accepting the offer to come out here. But, uh, you know, I, you know, as I, as I talked more and more with coach Ferentz, coach O'Keefe, coach Parker, who were the guys that were recruiting me, uh, Phil Parker. And it just, you know, things just kind of were rolling and I really liked everybody. I came on my visit out here. I liked, um, everything that was going on, you know, I, I, I could kind of sense, even though they didn't have, um, you know, the best records, the two years before I committed, I could kind of see things starting to turn the corner a little bit. Um, so I, I wanted to be a part of it. How big of a impact did Bob have being that he, he, you know, kind of burst on the scene here quickly and also was, you know, somebody with a name back in Erie. Yeah, it, it definitely helped having, having Bob out here. Um, you know, having, having seen him come out, have some success, you know, his freshman year, um, it, it really got me thinking that I, you know, I wanted to kind of be a part of it. And, you know, at the time I was, you know, he was going to be the strong safety. I was going to come in and be the the free safety. Um, you know, things didn't last for me that long on that side of the ball. But, 
um, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it, he was definitely an influence in, in me coming out here for sure. What other schools were you looking at, Ed, and, and schools that were looking at you? I, I know we have the Penn State angle here to, to, you know, discuss as well, but what other schools, uh, were on your radar? Um, Penn State and, and Syracuse were kind of the, the two I was seriously considering. I had a few other offers from other schools, but it was kind of those three. Those were the three that I took visits to or did my official visits to. Um, so it, it was definitely down to, to those, those three. So friends and family and people around, did they think you were nuts not going to Penn State? Um, no, not necessarily. Um, I mean, I, I think everyone would have, at least all my family and friends and everybody That's would have liked to, like to see me stay closer. Sure. Um, but, you know, ultimately everybody understood that, you know, I needed to do what was best for me and the, what I thought was going to be the best fit for me, uh, best place to go. And, I, you know, I thought that, that place was to, you know, to be a Hawkeye. Who was at Syracuse at that time? Who was coaching out there? Uh, it was Paul Pas- Pascaloni. Okay. Yeah, they had a good so, program then. Yeah, they, they, they were, you know, they were always, they were always good growing up. I mean, they had, you know, Donovan McNabb and, mm-hmm. and that. And so, yeah, and it, it was, it was honestly, Syracuse was just as close as Penn State to, to Erie for me. So, yeah. It, uh, yeah. Um, what clinched it for you? I mean, that, that, that Iowa was the, the right place. Well, so it kind of brings us back to when we talked about Coach Moore. Um, I was on my way home from my Syracuse visit. I I called. I was friends with Coach Moore's um, grandson, John. Okay. Um, and so I called him and said, hey, I think I'm going to Syracuse. And, you know, about 20 minutes later, I got a call from <laughs> Coach Moore, you know, Telling me I'm an idiot if I don't go to Iowa, and I need to go to <laughs> Iowa, and and so that that really that you know I really trusted him. I trusted his opinion, and um, you know and I liked Iowa. It was just kind of the distance thing for me, and you know he kind of talked me through that, and um, you know that that's kind of how I I ended up out here. How much did the position thing? Um what type of role did that play in your decision as well? Because you're a high school quarterback, you know, people are looking at you probably for different positions. Um, yeah. How was, how did that kind of play into it? Well, I, I knew I wasn't going to be a quarterback for one. <laughs> um, I knew that's not where I was going to end up. I was either going to, you know, be a safety corner or, you know, potentially end up on the offensive side of the receiver. Um but uh, Syracuse and Iowa both, and and um, Penn State, all were recruiting me as a free safety, and so it, uh, you know, no matter where I went, I was planning on playing on the defensive side, mm-hmm. um, which I was was fine with doing. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, when I ended up coming out here, I was it just so happened there happened to be a lot of injuries at the receiver position when I. When I got here, I made it through about a week of camp um, on the defensive side, and Coach Ferentz just came over and grabbed me right in the middle of practice and said, "Hey, we got a lot of these receivers are hurt. We don't have any guys to run routes. 
you know, at the time I was the the backup to the backup to the backup safety. Um, so I was like, sure. Instead of just standing and kind of watching a lot of practice, I'll I'll go catch the balls and and run some routes. And so I went over that right in the middle of practice. I switched, you know, colors of my jersey and went over and finished practice with the offensive side and never went back. So was that like Pagel and Consonine and those guys that yep. free yep. safety? Uh, yeah, those two were there. Um trying to think who else. Shane. Um, yeah. I can't think of his last name. But, um, yeah, there was uh, there was a, quite a, you know, long <laughs> group there in line for for safety so so yeah i mean i hadn't i had no problem you know switching over and um you know whatever whatever was going to help me get on the field sooner and it uh it all worked out had you played any receiver before and, and what was the transition like doing that when you got to campus yeah so i played in high school i played my freshman year i was the quarterback of our freshman team um and then i was the uh, receiver my sophomore and junior year okay, and then moved to quarterback my moved to quarterback my se- my senior year so so the transition was you know a little more seamless with having that experience yeah i mean it, it definitely helped having some experience and in, in that and i think it also i you know i was say it always it, it helped that I was a quarterback because I kind of understood what the quarterback was looking for and, mm-hmm. you know, where different holes are and in, in the zones and things like that. So I think that, that helped me seeing it from that perspective as well, as well as a, as a defensive back, you know, um, you know, knowing, knowing what defenses, you know, that they're in and how to attack those defenses and things like that. So just having a, I guess a broad range of knowledge of all the positions, you know, really helped um, at the receiver spot. Um, I guess what was the hardest part of learning that position in college? Uh, learning receiver, probably, you know, something we didn't do in high school was just kind of the site adjustments, the different routes, um, you know, based on what defense they're in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it was, you know, converting a, a, a go route to a comeback or what, you know, whatever it was, or, you know, if the, the, the will linebackers blitzing, you gotta, you gotta cut your route off and you're the hot guy, you know, on a slant or just things like that were the, that was the hardest things for me to, to pick up. And then, you know, once you finally, realize it and see it it's you know kind of slows down and everything but that was you know the first year or so that was a lot of you know my receiver learning stuff was was just that type of stuff and you had a red shirt year right to kind of yeah I, yeah in. yep yep and that definitely helped i'm glad that you know i was able to able to red shirt looking back on it and um you know use that time to to really learn and and uh you know work on work on being just a receiver mm-hmm. you talked about you could kind of sense before you got here that things were trending in the right direction, and then your red shirt was year was two thousand one. Could you kind of see it even more once you got here that things were starting to starting to to rise up yeah, for sure i mean it it uh 
It definitely. I mean, it was it, it was you know met every expectation I I thought w- would happen coming into um, coming into Iowa. You know, you know that seven. I think we were seven and five in one. Um, yeah, lost a lot of and, close games. That year. Yeah, and then so you you really could see you know things turn in the right direction and and you know they they got all the guys' attitudes were good and and things like that and. Um, you know, we had, I knew, knew we had a lot of talent coming back, you know, in the, the classes, you know, after that. And, um, you know, that kind of showed through the, you know, the four years I got to play there. Did I, I've, I've probably asked you this before and I know I've asked other guys on the team. Did you guys sense that 2002 was going to be special before the season? Um, I mean, I, I think it was probably like any season, you know, we, we knew, you know, it, there was a, there was, there was a couple of games that could have went either way. Um, but, you know, just winning those close games and, you know, as, as the season got going, you know, and as we were, you know, started winning and winning a couple of close games and then, you know, the, you could sense like there was nobody that was going to beat us. You know, as as we kind of went through the last couple games of the um, of the season, and as long as we stayed healthy in that, and um, you know, unfortunately, we had to go play USC in the bowl game. But um, <laughs> you know, I think we had like eight weeks off or something between yeah. between you know our our last regular season game and then the bowl game, and that you know that that. Uh, that long layoff, I think, really hurt us. I think if we if we could have just kept playing and played USC the week, you know, the week after our last regular season game, I think it would have been a little bit different. Um, but it would have been closer anyway. I'll say that. Yeah, I remember that game at Miami of Ohio where it was like playing on the sun, and yep. Podolak had his shirt off in the press box because <laughs> there was no air conditioning and. Uh, that was a closer game than people remember with yeah. with Ben Roethlisberger and I just remember the off your offensive line just on that last drive just was like yeah we're not letting you guys get the ball back and yeah. it was just a you know a deliberate march down the field to end that thing. Yeah, it was. I mean, when I talked to people about that game, like you way you went to Miami Ohio to play a football game, <laughs> Iowa went there. Thanks, Hayden. Yeah, I mean it was uh, it was it was kind of nuts. I mean to think back that yeah we did we played a game at Miami, Ohio. I mean, um, you know, kind of kind of crazy. Um, and I would imagine the Penn State game was the highlight for you that season. Yeah, I mean that was that one was awesome. That was that was fun. Uh, you know, going back home, you know, having all my family and friends and stuff in the in the stands and then, you know, being able to score a touchdown right in front of our fans and, you know, and winning the game. It just, uh, yeah, that was, that was fun. That game was wild, man. I remember having yeah. my story written when you guys had that big lead and then Penn state came back. And I'm like, <laughs> I have to, I'm going to have yeah. to scrap the whole story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, yeah, they definitely made it a game. Um, and you played with a guy that finished second in the Heisman. That had to be uh, that had to be awesome. The, the the season that Brad had. Yeah, I mean, it, we had so many guys that that year that were, 
you know, so talented. And uh, Brad, obviously, kind of led the charge there, being runner up to the Heisman. But um, yeah, he was fun to play with. I mean, he he knew where to put the ball, when to put it, and um, you know, it was fun playing receiver while he was the quarterback. That's for sure. Yeah, and I know, and I get I hear I get heat for this when I say it to guys that are on the '09 team or the '15 team. But 2002, <laughs> 2002 was the best team, man. It was in the Kirk Ferentz era. It just you look at that offensive line, you look at Dallas Clark, you look at the guys on that defense, and yeah. even guys that weren't playing yet, like Greenway and Hodge. I mean, if you think about yeah. the guys that were on that roster, I mean, that was the that was the pinnacle, I think. Yeah, that was, it, I mean, I'm going to be biased, but yeah, I mean, that was, that was, uh, that team would be tough to beat for sure. Loaded. So you guys, obviously, we talked about the, the talent on that 2002 team. You had a lot of guys to replace going into 03. Um, a little bit of a rocky start, as we know, that game at Arizona State was a, was a train wreck, but, uh, you guys figured it out. Yeah, now that was in 04. Four, right? Um, four that we went down there and got a right. Oh four was oh yeah. Oh four was the yeah, and then the loss at Michigan two yep. and two, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but yeah, if, I mean those were both I mean both great seasons, but yeah, yeah. And oh three was um, trying to think that was Nathan Chandler at quarterback. Nathan Chandler, yep, yep. And you guys destroyed Iowa State. That had to feel good after the year before. Yeah, that was yeah, that one was that one was fun. Going, we I think I believe that was over there. We went and was. yeah, I remember um, you know Marcus Schnorr, I think scored a touchdown at the end of the game to to seal it, and that was fun uh, fun to be a part of too. And you were dealing with injuries that year, if I remember, Ed. Yeah, I was I was in and out all year with a groin injury. I, I oh. injured it against Arizona State at home. Um, and then was kind of in and out that whole year, so didn't uh, I didn't you know wasn't the, wasn't the year I would have wanted, but um, you know was able to get in there a little bit and and still help when when I could. And then you guys end up going to the outback, and you know I, I thought kind of redeemed yourself from the previous bowl game and. You know, Ron Zook calling, you know, calling Nate Kading a running back. And obviously, yeah. disrespect was obvious there. And it looked like you guys uh, were, went there with a purpose. Yeah, we definitely did. I mean, going down, you know, after going to Fort, down to Florida and losing like we did to, to USC the year before, we definitely wanted, had, you know, had something to prove. And it was, you know, more of a business trip than just a fun trip to Miami like it, it may have been the year before for us. But, um, yeah, our bowl our bowl prep was was definitely you know different you know those two years. And then oh four that I got jumbled up. You guys start two and two. Obviously the bad game at at Arizona State, the dog fight in Ann Arbor. Um, didn't look early like that team was going to win a Big Ten championship. What what happened that to kind of right the ship that you guys were able to kind of come together and and be the last team to win a Big Ten championship at Iowa. Uh, well, I, the, the one thing I remember from that team and, and that kind of that turnaround was, um, when and I don't, you, you probably remember this, but Brian Ferentz was out with a knee injury, mm-hmm. a fairly serious knee injury that he was out with. And he came his first, I believe his first game back was, 
the the week after the Michigan game, and I think he started at center the the following week, and you know we kind of rolled from there, and I think you know he had a big a big part in you know leading the the group up front and you know the the team as a whole, um, you know just when he got back. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. Yeah, I'm trying to remember who you guys played that week. Uh, After Michigan, yeah. I, we're all getting old, Eddie. Yeah. So, <laughs> they all run together sometimes. <laughs> Let me see. I'm gonna. I'm looking this up because now it's gonna drive me crazy if I don't remember uh, who you guys played. But that was uh, you guys didn't lose after the Michigan game, right? No, no, no. That was the year we had. We had a lot of in- injuries at the running back position. Um, you know, yep. we had to throw throw it a lot more. That was Drew's Drew's first year starting at quarterback. Yep. Um. So, yeah, I mean, we had a lot of things, a lot of things go wrong. But you know, I remember you know the motto of that team was to find a way, and you know, it, it was always it was something different every week. It was you know either the offense, the defense, the special teams, you know, somebody coming up and making a play. I and mean, we had a lot of close games that year. Uh, so we just just found ways to win. Yeah, it was Michigan State at home, thirty-eight to sixteen. Okay, yeah. that's what, I was going to guess Michigan State, but I didn't <laughs> want to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> See, your memory's not that bad. Yeah, and then uh, certain things. You ask my <laughs> wife, and she'll tell you differently. <laughs> I can remember everything about every football game I played in, but I can't remember the song she came down to at our wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate to that. <laughs> I'm sure plenty of guys that are listening to this can as well. <laughs> then you guys came back uh, the Sam Brownlee game the next week against Ohio yep. State. Yep. 33-7. to Then then an emotional one for everybody, the one at Penn State the week that Coach Ferentz's dad died, the 6-4 to game that we all remember very well. What was that week like that you can remember? That was, uh, I mean, that was, it was definitely different. I, I remember Coach you know, letting us know, I believe it was after maybe the Tuesday practice, um, you know, that he was, his dad had passed away. He was, him and Brian were going to go back, you know, and, and take care of things in, in Pennsylvania and Pittsburgh. And they would meet us at the hotel, um, you know, Friday night before the game. And so it was, you know, definitely a different feeling and stuff going through practice all week without, you know, him and Brian being there. But, um, yeah, I mean it was it was definitely emotional and you know we all wanted you know to get him a bright spot at the end of that week. You know, we knew it had been a tough week on him and um you know we were, we wanted to do anything we could to to put a smile on his face and um you know get the win for him. 
And then what, where was it after that? Uh, win at Illinois, 23-13. Purdue at home, 23-20. The pesky Purdue. Those were dog fights with Purdue back then, man. <laughs> yeah, we had, we had some, some good games with them. I mean, they, they were, they were tough. I remember them always being a, a tough, uh, tough team to, to play against and you know they were kind of like like our defense you know back then when it was you know the um you know they were just going to come out and hit you hard and mm-hmm. and play tough and you know then it you felt it they, they did then you guys beat uh lawrence maroney in minnesota for the week after that and then uh that uh, the whooping of Wisconsin at home and then the stage comes out on the Kinnick Stadium field, that had to be, man, that had to be gratifying and satisfying. Yeah, I remember, I think it was before that game, we found out that Michigan, I think Michigan lost to Ohio State mm-hmm. right before that game. So we knew, you know, before that game kicked off that we were playing for something. Um, you know, it's to share the, the Big Ten title and, uh, we got off to a little bit of a, a rocky start, from what I remember. I remember but, that. Uh, yeah, didn't but didn't Tate throw a pick? Uh, I believe. I think, I, I, early I think in that so. Game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. And then yeah, Considine yeah. laid out the whoever the Wisconsin quarterback was. Con, I remember Considine just taking him out. Yeah. Yeah, and I, that, I do remember and, uh, that. That kind of got the ball rolling after that. Yep. And then back to Florida again, this time in Orlando. Um, man, I, I, I guess, you know, t- I, I've talked to you about this before, but for the people, folks that are listening, just kind of take us through that final play at the, at the, at the uh, Cap One Bowl. Uh, well, I just remember, I think, uh, first down, I mean, we had the, we, we got a good return. I think, Walter Bellius returned yep. had the return returned it out to probably about the thirty yard line or so. Um, I think first down. Um, I think Drew threw it to Warren on a slant on first down, and then uh, I can't remember exactly. I I caught one of them, and then Warren caught one. I think. Yep. I know you had and a then, catch in that series. Yeah, and then um, or maybe it was Ch- Chandler. I think I caught the first. One, I think Chandler caught the second one, caught the second down, or, and we were just short of the first down. Um, you know, we went up and spiked the ball, um, and you know, but it was snapped before before the uh, play was ready. So they, you know, we got a flag and um, got back in the huddle, and you know, it was kind of. Business as usual for us. We were trying, as, as far as being in the in the huddle, um, you know. Drew called the play. It just happened to be kind of the right play <laughs> that uh, you know that Coach O'Keefe sent in, and um, you know we we didn't weren't necessarily thinking. I mean, we weren't necessarily thinking to call a timeout because you know, and the the ref was in the if the, the head official was in our huddle saying, "I'm going to start the clock. I'm going to start the clock." You know, and and so we we just kind of all ran out and um, you know got the play off and you know Drew sees Warren running down the seam and, and hits him and you know the rest is history. Who was uh, who was covering you at that point? What 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 type of coverage were you? Did you have? So uh, the corner stayed with me. 
That's um, right. I was running down. I I was right next to him on the right, running down. It would have been LSU's sideline. Um, and, and so I I mean I was covered. I initially thought the ball was coming to me. Um, but then it, you know it was kind of between Warren and I. Warren came out and got it, which you know thankfully did. Um, and was able to sneak into the end zone. What, I mean, can you still see that play in your head? I mean, do you still see, can you kind of take yourself through that thing? Yeah, I mean, I can, I can remember, you know, Warren, Warren catching it and, um, you know, I just had, I was just trying to put my arm out to hold the corner away from Warren. I knocked him down. Um, you know, and then thankfully Warren, Warren was able to get by him and, and get in. And then, um, the celebration ensued. Did you kind of get caught up in the pile up? I stayed away from the pile. I went, <laughs> I went to the other, I went to kind of the other corner of the end zone, um, stayed away from everybody. I didn't want to be at the bottom of that thing, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, definitely a fun, fun celebrating that one on the field after the game. Um, and the next year, you guys had a lot of talent coming back, high expectations, kind of a up and down season. Uh, that game at Northwestern was screwy as heck. Um, how do do you look back on that year, the 2005 season, your senior season? Um, you know, it was just kind of one of those, you know, we had a few years where we, you know, in, in 04, we, we won all those close games we played in. Right. You know, and then, you know, the next year we kind of, we lost a couple of those close games that, you know, that we won the year before. So, um, you know, we, we had a good season, you know, probably the outcome wasn't, you know, obviously what we have hoped for, but, um, it was a, it was a good year, uh, for us. That was, uh, I, I had broke my arm that year. Uh, at Purdue? I missed, yeah, I broke it at Purdue. Yeah. Um, and then missed three games, I think. Uh, yeah, after you played that, three then, games that year. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you must have come back I missed, for – No, you came back for Wisconsin? I came back for Wisconsin, yeah. I missed Northwestern uh, Michigan, I believe. Yep, and Indiana. In Indiana, yep. Um, yeah. But boy, did it – what did the regular season end on a high note for you? Um, yeah. Four touchdowns yeah. against Minnesota. That's uh, I still can remember that. That uh, that had to be kind of like a, a dream sequence. Yeah, it was uh, it was crazy. I mean, the you know just even being able to play in that game, I was I was thankful for you know to be able to mm-hmm. kind of get back from my arm injury and probably a little earlier than I should have, but. Um, you know, I was I was thankful for the for you know Dr. Amendola for to get me back through that and um, you know putting a couple plates in my arm and allowing me to play. So, um, but that was yeah that was that was a special game for me. Um, you know, and all of our all of us seniors, it was uh, it was special to be able to go out on a high note like that and um, you know have our last game in Kinnick be a win. Carry Floyd off the field that day. Yeah, it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, yeah, it was it was fun. We had, we had a had a good time that day. 
Uh, then a tough one uh, in the outback against Florida and Urban Meyer. Um, and I asked, I think I, when I uh, talked to Joe Vaughn in the last Hawkeye History podcast, I asked him the same question. I know, I know what the answer is going to be to this, but I asked anyway. <laughs> was Greenway offsides? No. No, he was not. He was not. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was a shame. I mean, because we had, we had all the momentum going there. We had just scored twice. And, you know, yep. I, there's no doubt in my mind if we would have had the ball back, we would have went and did it again. But, uh, yeah, it was too bad we didn't get a, get another shot at it there. But, um, you know, Chad was definitely on sides. <laughs> yeah. And you look at that season. I mean, you guys finished seven and five, but as you said, you, lo- you lose a three point game to Michigan and then that crazy one point game at Northwestern. That, that season was close, man. Just those, yeah. those close games. And then the Florida game as well. And, you know, ball bounces the other way. That's kind of the yeah. way it goes sometimes, though. Yeah. Yeah. So then, uh, for sure. Um, you ended up with Indianapolis, correct? Yeah, so I ended up initially after the after the draft. I didn't get drafted. Uh, I agreed to uh, sign with the Ravens. Uh, oh, right. Went I went out to Baltimore. I didn't. Uh, they ended up failing on my physical because of my arm. Um, they didn't think it was had been healed enough yet. Um, Is that the injury from that you suffered at Purdue? At Purdue, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I so I came back. A, I always thought that was a broken hand. Was it? Was it your? Was it a different a part of your arm? Yeah, my ulnar radius in my arm. So okay. A couple inches um, up above my up above my wrist. Gotcha. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I forgot where I was going with that, but but you did end up with Indianapolis, right? Yes. I'm not going crazy. Yes, I, I did. I, I I went to a couple of different teams. Um, a couple of them failed me on my physical. You know, New England, and when I went there, they were on the fence. I was possibly gonna you know work out something there to to stay on the roster there, but I ended up going to um, ended up going to Indianapolis. Um, and just did, just never got, you know, I, I played in the four preseason games and, you know, I, I was, I had missed a couple of weeks of, of, um, mini camps and things like that because of what happened in Baltimore and with some other teams and mm-hmm. things like that. So I kind of came in late and never really got, you know, never really got in there and, you know, I, I didn't think God of never going to, Real fair shot to, yeah, to to make the make the roster. But I mean, at the time they had Reggie Wayne, um, Marvin Harrison, Brandon right. Stokely. You know, Dallas was there, um, so they had some. They were they were pretty deep at at, at the receiver yeah. position. So, um, so I, I knew it was going to be a challenge to to make that roster to begin with. But um, you know, it, it, that was actually the year that Indianapolis won the Super Bowl. Yeah. So it was, it, you know, and it was kind of bittersweet because I'm like, oh man, I could have been on that team, but, um, you know, it was it was cool to because I got to know a lot of the guys, you know, throughout the throughout camp and throughout the summer when I was down there, and um, it, it was definitely cool seeing, you know, seeing those guys go on and win and and do that. So, um, 
you know, it, it, while it sucked to not be there and, you know, be able to be on the roster, it was, you know, kind of bittersweet. So I think I remember you telling me at the time, um, and you walked away after that, um, that you just didn't want to yeah. be a guy going from camp to camp and trying to hang on. What, what, I mean, looking back at that in retrospect, are you happy that you made that decision? Was it the right decision? And how hard was it to do that, to walk away from a game that you, uh, that you loved and, and you played for so long? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely, definitely hard to do. Um, you know, I always kind of said, I wish somebody would just tell me that I need to be done. Cause I, you know, I, I did, I kept working out, trying a little bit. I did have a, a workout with the Packers later that year. Um, which they ended up, they brought in, it was kind of funny. They brought in a couple of us, I think five or six receivers. They were going to keep one and they ended up keeping CJ Jones. Uh, <laughs> he was one of the guys that, that was in there working out that day too. So that it was, you know, that, things like that are kind of fun to, yeah. to know. But um, yeah, it was, uh, I, I was happy. I mean, I was, I, I, you know, kind of moved on. I got a job. Uh, I liked doing what I was doing, um, and, uh, you know, I I really didn't have – I mean, I wanted to play, but, uh, you know, I was I was happy. I was content with, you know, not playing too. So, um, you know, that, that's what kind of got me into to the coaching aspect, you know, coaching at, at Regina and Iowa City now with, with Coach Cook, Marv, um, and – um, you know, getting into that, that side of it. And, you know, I really, really have enjoyed that. And we've been at Marvin and I and, um, coach Dumont, Jason Dumont have been, uh, at Regina going, we're going on our 14th year there now. Wow. So wow. yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, and we've had a, we've had a fun, fun run there as well. So how did you get, how did you, uh, how did you get into that, Ed? Was it did, did Marv come to you? Did you go to him? How how did that uh, kind of? Unfold? It was kind of. I mean, it was kind of just by chance. I just honestly, my wife and I were sitting watching the news, and I saw that you know Marv Cook got hired as the the coach at at Regina, and you know I was kind of looking to get into the coaching side of it in high school, and I knew I didn't really know Marv that well, but I you know I obviously knew his name and had met him a few times, but never really had a a serious conversation with them. Um, and so I just, I asked my wife, if she cared if I called him and see if he, he wanted some help. And I, I called him that night and, um, you know, he told me to meet him down in his office the next day. And I did. And, you know, we kind of went from there and that was about it. Were you, uh, were you the offensive coordinator right away? No, he, he actually was. Okay. Um, and after his first year, he fired himself. <laughs> and, and, uh, after, after, you know, we made it all the way to the state championship game. And, and he, he, I remember sitting on a bench with him after the game in the tunnel, just, you know, trying to figure out what, what we could have done differently. And, he basically said, he said, you know, he handed me the keys to the, to the offense right there and said, you, you do this. And, you know, I'll, you know, he's, uh, he's obviously a, plays a big part in, in what we do and how we do it and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But, 
you know, it's, it's fun working for him because he, he does, he, if I have an idea, if there's something I want to put in and, you know, he lets me put it in. It's not, um, you know, it's definitely a, a group effort in doing it. He's not telling me what to do and how to do it and, and all that stuff. So I really, uh, really enjoy working with him. And you guys have had an incredible amount of success. What's the, uh, what's the most, uh, gratifying part of that job? Oh, I think, I think just seeing, seeing the excitement the kids get when, you know, after wins and, and things like that, seeing their hard work pay off and, you know, the, that kind of stuff. I mean, it, that's what, that's what I enjoy. I mean, it's, it's more fun even coaching the kids than it is playing, playing yourself. But, uh, there's, I, I feel a lot more pressure as the, as a coach than I do or than I did as a player. Mm. That's for sure. Why? Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess it, people relying on you. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess, I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I, I get more nervous for, you know, our mm-hmm. big games and, things like that, then I, you know, just because, like, you know, did I, did I prepare our kids enough? You know, is there something else I should have went over? Is there, is there a different play I should have put in? You know, that kind of stuff. Always, you know, and then, you know, after the games, always second guessing everything, you know, I should have did this, I should have done that. And, you know, just like we all do with, Life, you know, with, with, yeah, with, you know, with, with Brian and, you know, yes. I'm always saying, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? And, you know, it's easy to sit back and, and say stuff like that until you actually do it. It's funny. I remember so. it probably was like 2003 or 2004 outside of the old bubble. I was interviewing Brian and I was like, you know, I, I said, you know, can you, um, relate to, you know, all the criticism Coach O'Keefe gets. And Brian looks at me and goes, you know, they call it an, an armchair quarterback for a reason. There's no armchair defensive ends or armchair linebackers. <laughs> There's armchair quarterbacks. Yeah. Everybody thinks they can call offensive <laughs> plays. Yep. <laughs> yep, that's right. Do you find yourself, Ed, kind of uh, um, pulling from what you learned from, from Coach Ferentz and Coach Moore? Yeah, I mean, I think definitely there's aspects of it. Um, you know, again, just kind of getting back to paying attention to details and, and really making sure, you know, trying to make sure I cover every, every single thing. I mean, you can't cover every single situation and things like that, but having the, the kids as, as well prepared for the games, you know, as we can and trying to be as detailed as we can at practice. Um, and things like that. So yeah, I can I definitely see see parts of me and Coach Ferentz or Coach Ferentz and me. Are you happy with this level? I'm sure you've gotten interest from from you know colleges and stuff. Or you, is this kind of works for your family? Yeah, I mean, I I, I really enjoy it. I, I you know I I really enjoy being you know part of the Regina the Regina community and. Um, you know, I was, you know, I wasn't an Iowa City guy and wasn't, you know, but, you know, I was kind of welcomed into into the community and things like that. I mean, there's some great people over at Regina and, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I was able to, you know, be a part of it 
you know, early in my coaching career. And I mean, I, I don't uh, see myself leaving there. Um, uh, my, I mean, my kids are going to school there now, like a, you know, fourth grader and first grader. And so, you know, I imagine I'm going to be there for, for a few more years. And you're in medical sales, right? Yeah. I sell, I sell, uh, medical equipment, sports medicine, um, instruments and equipment implants yeah basically anything anything that you would use in a a scope to do a scope procedure knee scope hip scope shoulder scope um you know we we either sell the equipment uh, the instruments or the implants uh, for it you've been doing that a long time haven't you yeah i started out um i started out just selling like braces like knee braces you know all the braces the linemen where mm-hmm. i was selling those um uh then got more into the surgical side of it and now i'm you know kind of um you know in the or doing uh doing sales with the uh you know with all the sports med guys in in town and around eastern iowa do you enjoy it i mean it's still kind of a connection to sports yeah, I I really enjoy it. Um, you know, just um, helping. You know, I I I guess I get some gratification and think that I'm kind of helping some people get better, even though I'm not doing any of the work. Uh, you know, I just kind of stand in the back and 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 you know, kind of help out and answer questions if things come up. But um, yeah, I mean, I I I enjoy it and. Um, you know, there's still there's some competitiveness to it. You know, there's sure. um, always people trying to take your business and you're trying to take other people's business and, and, and that. So there's definitely that competitive side um, to it as well. So mm-hmm. how are you guys looking for next year? Regina football guys. Uh, we should be okay. We've got, uh, we've got a lot of guys coming back. Ashton cook, Marv's uh, youngest mm-hmm. son will be back as our quarterback and um you know we've got really a, a lot of guys a lot of our skill guys are back um so um should be should be fun i mean we'll see we actually dropped down a class um which we were kind of surprised that that we did but um you know we're just gonna play who's ever on our schedule and <laughs> we'll go from there so you guys are 1a now we actually dropped the a oh wow Yep. Interesting. Yeah. 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 We've, we've got a couple small classes in the high school right now. Yeah. Um, you know, I, we don't know for sure, but I, I would think we'll go back to 1A whenever they decide to redo it again. If it's, I think it's just going to be a one year cycle here, but, um, I think we'll, uh, at least from what I hear at Regina, I think we'll be going back up, but you never know. Yep. Like you said, you got to, Play who's ever on the schedule. That's very Kirk Ferentz-ish. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, so. Yeah, I think he kind of – I think his his uh, wisdom trickles down to all of us in some way or another. Yeah. I always sure. – I, I mean, being around the guy, I've been around him now for 22 years, it's kind of – it's it's funny when I find myself quoting him in different – you know. <laughs> I, I was doing it like a couple weeks ago because one of his things is – they're cliches because they're true, and so yep. I I use that in sign. And then I thought to myself, yeah, I got that from him. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Ed, I uh, 
I appreciate catching up with you. You know what? We beat Joe Vaughn. We were, we're, we did a longer podcast. Oh, I, I cannot, I cannot believe that. I cannot believe that either because, <laughs> he, because in our podcast, the one I did with Jovan, it was mostly him talking. I was going to say he probably did more of the talking, didn't he? <laughs> I just asked a question and he went. <laughs> uh, Jovan's an eerie guy too, so I, yep. that's my guy. Back to back weeks, yep. I've done uh, eerie podcast. Yep. Yeah, we had some. Me and him had some battles in practice too. So that was, that was oh, I fun. bet. <laughs> <laughs> it's always fun. <laughs> Well, it's always fun talking to you, Ed. It was good to catch up, and uh, I'm sure I'll see you around. Um, I'm shooting photos now for your prep sports, so I will okay. uh, see you out there on the sidelines if I don't see you before. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for, thanks for joining us again, Ed. Thanks to everybody for listening to another Hawkeye History podcast, and who knows what we'll have next.